Well, that's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. I'm pretty sure that's not true. Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably ever after. I am physically incapable of breathing through my nose, Mads. And I share this problem, Elaine. So this episode is the second most disappointing thing I've watched today. Oh my god. And uh, that is coming after the uh, Square Enix display at E3 today. (laughs) So expectations were already low, and yet this episode almost managed managed to... go even lower awesome i'm sorry i'm not a fan um that's okay you don't have to be a fan i uh i will say that i like the balefire backstory in this one uh uh-huh but i'm not a fan of the major plot in the present day uh for reasons that i can't quite go into yet until we get to the episode so it's not a spoiler (sighs) you know what i mean We, we still have a little spoilery bit And we do have at least one person who listens to us regularly. Hi, Luther. uh, Who is not, who has not seen past this episode. He's very sweet and he watches episode by episode with me. So uh, we're going to try not, we're going to try to avoid some spoilers today. Yes. But uh, should we get into the basic (laughs) plot? Yeah, (laughs) let's do it. All right. Here's the basic plot. Once upon a time, Rumpelstiltskin, the latest dark one, who walked into the middle of the battlefield and put an end to the ogre wars, returning the child warriors to their lives and homes, found himself not only mad with power, but frivolously murderous with it and desiring more. His son, Balefire, grew less tolerant of his father's terrorist ways, but still loved him and wanted to save him from himself. He convinced his father to strike a deal with him. If he could find a way to safely remove the magic so they could live together peacefully, Rumpelstiltskin would concede. With a tip from a former child soldier, Balefire found himself in the presence of the Blue Fairy, who admitted she could not remove his magic in this world, but she could send them to another world, one without any magic at all, so that they could safely escape the powers of his darkness together. Armed with the very last magic bean in all the land, Balefire held his father to their deal and opened a portal to the new world. Unfortunately, Rumpelstiltskin's reliance on his new powers, along with the resurgence of his old cowardice, caused him to break the deal with his son, resulting in Balefire's disappearance into the magic portal without him, and with no way for him to change his mind and follow once the portal had closed. Rumpelstiltskin confronted the Blue Fairy, and discovered that the only way to find a world where his son had been sent was through a very strong curse with a great price, effectively exchanging this world for another. Does that sound familiar? Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, August's mysterious leg pains cause him to call some mystery person and force their plan to move ahead faster than they'd anticipated. After a failed attempt to rummage around in Mr. Gold's private office in the back of his shop, Mr. Gold becomes suspicious of this stranger and begins to gather information about him. Uh, Mr. Gold breaks into August's room and finds a sketch of the Dark One's dagger. Then, the Mother Superior, upon threat of having her rent doubled, 
tells him that August had consulted with her about finding his estranged father in town. Mr. Gold takes this to mean that August must be his long-lost son, Balefire, and takes Dr. Hopper's advice to ask for his forgiveness. He agrees, and a heartwarming reunion takes place. August and Mr. Gold go into the woods to unbury the dagger, and Mr. Gold offers it to him, asking him to destroy it, like he'd always wanted to. In a twist, August tries to use the knife to control Mr. Gold instead. Balefire would know better than anyone that the knife would be used in this world, a world without magic, and recovers the knife and turns it on August. August admits that he's going to die and needs magic to live, but convincing the savior to believe has taken too long, and he's running out of time. Mr. Gold, seeing merit in the original plan, lets August go, because if he's going to die anyway, he might as well let August try to get the savior to do her thing, which would benefit him in the long run, too. Emma gets very little information from a newly recovered Catherine in the hospital. She doesn't know who kidnapped her or where she was held, but she was definitely drugged and released, allowing her to walk back to town for help. Regina confronts Gold about breaking their deal, which he denies, claiming he was just following the terms they set forth. After all, she never actually asked him to kill Catherine. She questions his motives, as all of this would obviously lead back to her. They've been in this since the beginning, after all, as he's the one who created the curse for her. Mary, Margaret, and David have some angst again. And finally, Regina convinces Sidney to take the fall for her, and he confesses to the entire kidnapping, evidence tampering, evidence planting, spying, doing bad things, plot, claiming that he planned to miraculously recover her after the court case to become a big hero and, and maybe get a book and slash or movie deal out of it. In response, Emma threatens to take away Henry from Regina. Gross. Okay, so before we get into the episode, I just wanted to say again, I apologize to everyone deeply for the long delay between the last few episodes. Um, I've just been dealing with some personal stuff and a pretty uh, depression, and I appreciate all the love and support, and we're happy to be back on schedule this week. Dang it, and I'm doing better, so thank you all. And I'm here to reiterate that you don't need to apologize for taking care of yourself first. But yeah, so let's get into this episode. Like I said, it's it's like a, it's a filler episode that tries to do too much at the same time. It was kind of cool having some backstory for um, Mr. Gold and Balefire, but I just yeah. felt like the other half of the episode yes. wasn't enough. So they just tried to throw in some stuff. I'm like, I left a lot of stuff out of the basic plot. And it was still just like, oh, and this. Oh, and this. Oh, and this. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to, ugh, my brain. Uh, Let's cover the uh, past first. Okay. Because you like that better. (laughs) And I think we- the easy part out. My brain is not working today. We usually cover the past first, right? We do a lot of times. uh, Unless- Unless it's um, got more stuff that we disagree with than the present. Yeah, let's let's talk. We about cover the, past. the we cover the easy part that we liked first. Yes. Um, so let's do that. Uh, All right. And it, the the past doesn't start until five scenes in on this one. Yeah, which was wild. Like it took them a while to get to it, which is it's uncommon. And I yeah. think part of that is because they had to bend over backwards to make a plot line for the present 
so that they could tell this story in the past. Well, they just brought they just brought Catherine back, so they had to cover all those loose ends. Even though they didn't even start with Catherine coming back, they started with uh, August waking up with a stanky leg. Uh huh. Uh, uh, yeah. So they started with August, which has nothing to do with Catherine. Uh, yeah. So I enjoy the flashback side of this episode. Yes. However. Yes. I don't think it belongs in this episode. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think it belongs in this season. I think we could have waited mm-hmm. till the very end of this season. Or we could have waited until uh, next season to do this story. Okay. I think we've gotten a lot of Mr. Gold and why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. And I think he's more compelling when we don't know this stuff. Yeah. I think we've already given him a a concrete reason to betray Regina. Oh, absolutely. So Absolutely. So yes. we don't really need to do this kind of setup. We could have put that off until next season and maybe told a more relevant story. Um, or not had this episode and just advance farther in the plot. <laughs> yeah. That said, I think this was a good story I, and I it mean, was mostly well done. It gives it gives the motivation as to why this world is the one that was picked for the curse. Yes. That's, that's the whole reason it's in this season. It gives the motivation as to why, of, of all the different parallel worlds, why this world. And without saying too much, I guess that this story would have less oomph after the um, finale of this season. Yeah, I don't remember the finale. So uh, I remember parts of the finale. Let me say that. I remember parts of the finale. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Um, so is Luther. He's invested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, so I did I did enjoy that this, this backstory started with a scene that Mr. Gold had just referenced in the scene before it, um, where some poor guy with a cart... Uh, Gets turned uh, into a, a, a snail. CGI snail. Yeah, Mr. Gold was like, you can't just turn people into snails and kill them. Lol, lol, lol. And then in this one, he gets turned in, he turns someone who accidentally almost possibly maybe grazed Balefire with a cart whenever he ran out in the road to get his ball because he was playing ball with a house, his, his best friend house. It was a house because no children will play with him. So he and he and house were playing kickball together and House kicked the ball into the road in front of a cart. And when the cart guy saw whose son it was, he freaked out and started apologizing, started like offering him stuff. Oh yeah, this and poor guy. I feel so bad guy. for this guy because he's just like, he's there to get turned into a bad CGI snail and crushed. Yeah. I, I was just like... Just, yeah. And this is despite Balefire being like, he didn't do anything. I'm a kid. I'm going to get a skin knee. Oh my God, please don't kill this dude. And he does it anyway. Yeah, so much of this episode in the past is um, Balefire being like, hey dad, please don't murder people for no good goddamn reason. Yeah. And Rumpelstiltskin's like, meh, meh, I'm going to do a murder. And it's it's real. There's there's something I noticed in this episode. The majority of this episode, Rumpelstiltskin uses his Mr. Gold voice, like his normal human voice. Yes. And then every now and then, a little bit of the high-pitched Rumpelstiltskin crazy imp voice pops in just yes. out of nowhere and then goes away. Yes. Proving that Balefire is what is keeping him human. Yes. 
uh, which later in the episode, the um, because I can't remember what I could they not make out the word. every time. I could every not time. write it down every time. I rumble, rumble. It's like no one could take this line seriously, and they all said, "You know what? We're not gonna." Um, so, the blue, <laughs> so the blue fairy uh, actually explicitly says to Balefire, "You're the only thing keeping him." Yes. Um, I have I have to give her, uh, the crew for this episode some credit. Mm-hmm. Her makeup is so much better. Oh yeah. Than the last time we saw her, she's no longer orange. They went a lot heavy on her contour for her cheekbones. It's still very dark. Well, it's a nighttime scene. Yeah, but... <laughs> nighttime makeup is different. <laughs> she is filmed on a blue screen. I know. But yeah. Which, a green screen because she's blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, looks okay. Looks better. I like her Ooh. eye makeup. Makes her eyes look nice and big and... And bright. It's uh, it's very much an Elaine Paramore eye. Hey. Um, she's a little less ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> she's not orange. <laughs> I I, I want to point out um, one of the random murders that Rumpelstiltskin commits in this is their poor housemaid. I I gotta say... In, in the year 2021, killing a person with a disability... And making that a joke, yeah, little rough, yeah. little rough. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Well, she walked in on us talking about the knife, so you know she couldn't be let. You know, I couldn't let her run around. She might tell someone she's a mute. She can still draw a picture, and that was like imp voice. And I was just <sighs> like, at I that point, like, yeah, I was like, I get that this character is supposed to be evil, but I think this was more. There are a lot of jokey jokes in this episode, some of which land, some of which do not. And that one was very much, it felt like it was meant as a joke and it did not land. Well, it wasn't, I, I think it was Rumpelstiltskin's dark humor as a joke. Balefire took it the right way. Yes. In which it was not funny. Um, Like jokes written to show that he's got this, he's the dark one that includes his sense of humor is very dark and it's not funny. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. What I was sh- most shocked about was Balefire still insisting, hey, I know you just killed our housemate and all, but I still want to save you from yourself because I love you. At that point, your dad's crazy. Um, I'd have been planning my own escape. But he's magic, so I guess that makes it hard. <sighs> Quit doing yeah. bad magic stuff. Nope. <laughs> that written down. I just feel, yeah, I just feel like there are other ways that this story could have been told that might have been more effective. Maybe like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, question number one: Why didn't Balefire just, whenever his dad was showing him the knife, why didn't Balefire just take the knife and control him and make him stop doing bad things? Because Balefire would never do that. You're right. Balefire would never do that. That, that. That's how I know that August isn't Balefire. Oh, oh, no, no. That was later. That was later. I and know, there's another I know, reason for that. It's because Balefire knows there's no magic in this world and life doesn't work without magic. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like... <sighs> uh, I, I like how he's like, can you get rid of the magic and, or just stop using it? And he's like, let me tell you why that means I would die. Okay, dramatic. Yeah, I would have liked to see maybe more pushback throughout the episode. Yeah. On Rumpelstiltskin not wanting to get rid of his magic, maybe even acknowledging 
to a degree that he might be going a little bit far, I think it would have given more emotional weight to him ultimately deciding he kept to keep he, it. He kept using the excuse that he needed more power to keep Balefire safe. But at this point, everyone is so scared of them. No one's even going to breathe on Balefire. He's safe. It's fine. Yeah. So he's using Balefire as an excuse. He's using yeah. this kid. And he's refusing to admit it. You know, um, like parents do in this show. Like parents do in this show. I don't know. Just, I know we had to get to a certain place, but it still just felt, I don't know. Yeah. Just wasn't a fan. That's really all I have to just say fair. about the. I, I mean, I, I respect Balefire for knowing the language that his father speaks and making a deal with him. Uh, for one scene of the past, I literally, my note reads, um, that's it. <laughs> just says, oh. um, I just, I just had the hardest time focusing on this one. And yeah. this is the third time I've watched it in the yeah. last, uh, week. <laughs> it took I just me, could not. It took me, uh, two, it took me two sessions to watch this a second time. I just kept having to stop. And I mean, I, I'll have to take a picture of my notes at some point. I write ex- extremely entirely too detailed notes for this. I'm basically writing a like line by line uh, plot summary for every single scene. Uh, some of which take up a fourth of a page in my tiny writing. And it's redonkulous and I need to find a better system. Um, my notes are like, CGI snail. Glad we fixed Blue Fairy's makeup. Child Soldier Girl, LOL. Yeah. Uh, which I want to talk about this Child Soldier Girl. Let's talk about, what was her name? They called her, it, it's it's Maureen, but it's spelled funny. I was very entertained by this not being a folktale, but her being like, yeah, you know, when we were in the trenches. <laughs> yes. I was very entertained because she's not playing this like a like a child soldier or like an old soldier. She's playing this like as a child, which yeah. is the direction this this actual child was given. <laughs> and it's just like, oh yeah, you know, in the trenches we would talk about this story. And I was just like You're 13, girl. I was cracking up. I was like, this is such a ridiculous circumstance. Well, she's got that you know, everyone handles their their battlefield differently or battlefield trauma differently and hers is to talk about it like it's they were out playing behind the the house one day that's exactly how it is like yes she talks about it like a kid who's been playing like i don't know like playing soldier yeah playing soldier yeah it was entertaining and she also brings up that she was there to witness when mr gold not mr gold <laughs> rumpelstiltskin the new dark one walked into the middle of the battlefield and effectively ended the war. It was like some kind of miracle. He's a hero. And, and all that, like, so there are people who do respect him, but they also know how powerful he is. And that respect comes with a healthy side of fear, except she's not afraid of him because she was there. Maybe would have liked to see that. <laughs> Wait, she's not afraid of him, but she still runs away whenever he like comes out of the house covered in blood. I'm not afraid of him. Zoop. Okay. <laughs> He's like, your friend didn't want to say hi? No, everyone's scared of you, even though she just said she wasn't. Just said she wasn't. That's okay. That's the, the level of attention to detail we've, we've come, come to. We've come to expect, yes. Yes. 
you know, the attention to detail they try for is like, oh, look, this is the same ball in Mr. Gold's shop that Bale was playing with as a child. And I'm like, that's really cool. That, hey, could you watch your own it. show? The set people have it together is what oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. The, the set dressers, the set dressers watch the show. They read the scripts. Uh, <laughs> this is an episode where I'm really trying to toe the line between this was a rough episode and I want to poke fun at it. Mm-hmm. But I want to keep it funny and not come across mean spirited. But <laughs> there was a lot. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, let's let's move on. So, um, Balefire does find Rumble Grumble, uh, who turns out to be the Blue Fairy. It is later translated to the Blue Star. Yeah, that's her name. Um, and he goes and finds her, and she's like, "Look, I I would love, I would love to remove your father's magic." There's nothing I want to do more than remove your father's magic. But I can't. <laughs> but we can send you somewhere without magic. You want to do that? Y'all can go there and be happy, live happily ever after together without magic. With I like thing. the glass butter bean. I love the glass butter bean. The last magic bean in the land is a little glass bean. And I love it so much. And I, I want to have like a little satchel of them just to like keep on my desk and play with. This is one of those times when I know that the small prop had to be like big. So it would work for, for, you know, yeah. Smaller TVs oh. in the era of converting to HD. I love a magic lima bean. I love it so much. I was like, oh, you know what I want to do? I want to do some butter beans, some grilled peas over green beans. Yes. Anyway. I would put a little bacon in it. I would not. But I know you wouldn't. Do you? <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. I know you wouldn't, but that's what I would do. Uh, but yeah, like the Blue Fairy is strong throughout the episode. Um, I would think I would say that maybe she is one of the stronger actors in this episode because there's a oh, lot absolutely. of there's a lot I I found a little meh. Even Robert Carlyle, who is normally pretty, I'm pretty it's, thrilled with his performance. This one yeah. I was just like, well, they 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 had Rumpelstiltskin muted. Yeah, and yeah. it felt a little bit like <laughs> it felt a little bit like the man was like, I had to sit in makeup. For four hours, I had to put in scleric contacts. And you're not even going to let me giggle? I can't even giggle. <laughs> I have to, like, sit with this child with low lights and talk about my feelings? Like, hell with this. I know. They made him They, they made him be so vulnerable this episode. <sighs> and, and, you could, and the motivations weren't quite there for, like, effective vulnerability. This is one of those times where I like I like heavy-handed storytelling where you see a physical chain of character. And I wish that as the dark one, he hadn't gone gold right away. I would have yeah. loved to see as he became corrupted more by the power, we would see him become more gold. Counterpoint. Yes, they had him gold, but he was less sweaty about it. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> But it's just, I don't know. There was just something lacking throughout this whole back-end storyline. And it could have been something I looked past if the other end of the episode weren't so... Ugh, just, it was a, rife, it was a, rife a with mess, issues. Rife a mess. With, yeah. So shall we get to the messy side of this episode? Hold on, we're almost done with this. We're, okay. almost, done with, we're almost done with backstory. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, 
So Balefire is like, I did it. I found a way. Rumble Grumble gave me a magic bean. And he's like, Rumble Grumble, the blue star, the blue fairy. He doesn't trust her immediately because fairies Her magic bad. doesn't mix with mine. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well. Well, in the Cinderella episode, never mind. <laughs> uh, so Balefire straight up asks him, are you going to go back on our deal? And he's like, no. Okay. Let's go do the thing. Let's go live in this other world, I guess. And so they go all the way to the middle of the forest. He throws the bean down. A big portal opens up. It grabs Balefire by the leg. And he's like, let's go. And his dad grabs him and fights the portal for him, saying he can't do it. He can't go. He can't. He just can't. He's, he's not physically possible. It's not physically possible. It's a trap. Grounds himself in the magical world by stabbing the knife with his name on it into the ground in a very strong visual metaphor. Yes, and apologizes to his son and lets him go after his son calls him a coward for breaking their deal, which is a tie back to his original uh, backstory. Yes. Where he was the coward of the town. And he did. He reverted. He's too scared to live without his magic now that he had it. You know, the powerful don't want to relinquish power. That means they're oppressed. Um, It's not what that means. Uh, And uh, I too read that Jeff Bezos article in the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos. I did not read that article, but it made me laugh. Um, Oh, my favorite tweet going around right now is unpopular opinion. The best thing you can do in your 20s is work weekends. It's the best thing you can do for your career in your 20s. which I saw someone counter. Um, just so you know, the best thing you can do early on in your career, young people, is have rich parents. The best thing you can do early on in your career is unionize. <laughs> Working weekends on your early 20s job isn't going to affect your career in the long run. Sidebar, I, I just saw the contract um, that's been used for Drag Race contestants season 11 on. Mm-hmm. And we need, a, we need a drag queen union. Ooh, oh, my God. God, those girls are getting hosed. <laughs> Whoops. They love it. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. They seem to love it on Twitter. According to their contract, they have to, or else they could be sued for $2 million in damages. Ooh, I'd love it too. <laughs> also, I checked and um, my, my cable subscription does not give me access to Paramount Plus. So I guess I'm not watching All Stars or why women kill this season. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> unless I want to pay $5 a month just to binge those and get rid of them. <laughs> so, so, so Mr. Gold, yeah, Mr. Gold choose, not Mr. Gold, Rumpelstiltskin chooses magic over his son, immediately regrets it as soon as it's obviously too late. Um, tries to dig his way through the hole, but the portal's closed. Sorry, buddy. Um, blames the blue fairy for taking his son away. And she rightfully says, you, uh, you ran him off. You drove him away. Um, and that's after he was saying, there's gotta be a way to get through. There's like, uh, like not a time traveler, but like a dimensional traveler. She's like, nope, a spell. Nope. This, that. And he finally says a curse and she gets quiet. And that's when he decides to make a curse to send them to this world. She doesn't just get quiet, and this bothered me a lot. A lot in this episode bothered yeah, me yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. That bothers me. But yeah. to quote Coco Peru, um, it's like the fourth or fifth thing he lists off, and she says, Well, of course you'd go straight to a curse. And I'm like, yeah. he listed off like five things. There were several things that weren't curses. How dare you? How dare you? How 
dare you? How very dare you? So your yeah. writers just thought that was a clever line to make it very clear that was a clever line. If you can't tell, um, I mm-hmm. found that this episode was a lot more watchable after two shots of whiskey. Oh, um, that must be nice. I'm pregnant. <laughs> for now. For now. You've got like six hours to go. Oh, I got more than six hours, please. <laughs> Flip. Uh, we have four episodes to record before. <laughs> we're almost done with the season, I swear. Um, all right. So, uh, so that's where he gets in his brain that he's going to find a curse. She does mention that this curse would take uh, a very, very... Um, it would take a great, sacrifice, a great sacrifice and it would come at the cost of this world. Yes. And he's definitely willing to do that. Uh, a very great price sacrificing our world for the next. And he's going to find a way. So yeah, that's how we end up here. In the world without magic, the land without magic. Now let's talk about that. Let's move to the other storyline also, because we've got a lot of time in this episode already. I know there's a lot I got to cut No, we out. don't. Cause we sat for, we, I mean, we were here for 10 minutes, uh, fixing things. Fair. So it's, it's 10 minutes ahead. We've only talked for 20 minutes. We're good. I have 38 on this timer. Yeah, we have 38 on this timer and 10 of them were you fixing your microphone. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have anything else? I knew that was going to come up, so I kept track. Well, I also don't want to edit an hour and a half of audio again. I know. Now you have to okay. edit that out. Uh-huh. All right. So where are we starting? Uh, let's start at the first scene of this uh, of this episode. The August wakes up with the stanky the- leg. Yeah. August wakes up with the stanky leg. I really wish they would just reveal who he is already because as time goes by, this gets increasingly obnoxious. Who did he call? Henry. That was Henry he called? He called Henry. The very next scene we see with him is... He was talking very intensely to a 10-year-old boy. He was talking very intensely to a 10-year-old boy. Uh, This episode, this part of the episode, this line is what I would call a trailer line. I'm sure there's an actual word for it in television, but every once in a while, there's a line on TV that feels misleading, depending on the context, and I feel like it's designed so that they can put it in the trailer a week out to make the episode seem more intense. Is that we need to accelerate the plan? That. Oh. Yeah. 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 It was, because the very next scene, it's he and Henry sitting outside encouraging a child to do a felony oh and also miss blanchard got exonerated they just dropped that randomly yeah okay so just to talk about that this whole episode while it may have been tedious to watch the case fall apart the fact that everyone has now decided well there's no way that miss blanchard would have done a lock her up in a dungeon you know I, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do I do enjoy, I have some quotes from, I'm going to hop ahead to the party scene because it has nothing to do with August's storyline. Um, the, the, the party scene, the town throws Mary Margaret a welcome home party. And she says, all of these people just to welcome me home? And Emma says, well, you've got a lot of friends. And Mary Margaret very rightly says, didn't feel like that yesterday. And for real, it it didn't. And no. there's as much, I mean, there really is as much evidence against her having locked Catherine away as there is anything else. But we've just, we've dropped it now. Yep. It's over. Uh Oh, and well, because she didn't kill her, 
Um, so the DNA was obviously false. So it goes to reason that everything else was planted too. I do enjoy the card from Mary Margaret's students that said on the inside, we're so glad you didn't kill Mrs. Nolan. Absolutely. The best moment of this episode was the, oh, when that card opens up. Yes. We're so glad you didn't kill Miss Nolan. <laughs> I can't even say it. that was my favorite moment of the entire yeah. episode. Was I mean, that it's, card? That's <laughs> the honesty of ten year olds. Ten year olds are great. I love uh, them. <laughs> that killed me. That was that was so good. Yes, um, they, they it, got that right. The writers talked to some ten year olds for that one. Like I said, there were a lot of jokey jokes in this episode. That was one that landed for me. There were jokey jokes, and there were some good lines. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yes. Uh, that one landed perfectly. Oh, and also Henry wasn't supposed to be at that party anyway. Lol. <sighs> I enjoy uh, how he's... Uh, let's get back to it. Sorry. August. <laughs> Encouraging a child to do a felony. Help him do a felony. Yes. I mean, it's not quite a B&E, but it kind of is. He's where he's not supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, Henry goes in to be the distraction, looking for a gift to give Miss Blanchard uh, since she didn't kill that lady. Uh, Henry sucks at being a distraction because you can hear him in the background. I listened to this again with headphones and like you can hear them kind of chattering in the background. And then you hear like you hear it stop. You hear it stop. And then you hear the, the, the bell jingle. And it's like. (laughs) <laughs> wow that was fast kid you couldn't have dragged that out weren't you just giving august grief about like not being able to improvise he, well he's he's 10 you know he got distracted by a shiny thing it was the perfect gift he was done he got a bell he got a bell i'm sure that bell will come in somewhere or we've seen it already um i'm positive we've probably seen it already i mean he says i got her a bell it's a bell, I, it's a bell. okay cool we all know that Mary Margaret loves bells. Bells. Yeah. Well, she's a teacher. <laughs> it's, it's a bell. It makes sense. She's okay. Ring, ring, ring. Okay. She gets to have her job back now that she didn't kill that lady. Hey, good for her. Yeah. Um. So, so, so I, I wanna, I wanna just point out without giving any spoilers away that one of the things that August has reiterated multiple times to Emma is that he does not lie. Mm-hmm. And that's that could be several characters in the fairy tale universe, without spoilers. That could be several characters in the fairy tale universe. They yes. just don't lie. And there are a lot of people on the show, like the fairies are like, we don't lie. Yeah. So that that's a that's a that's a code of conduct in the magical world, lying bad. Which but he does seen. not lie. We but see we him s- lie a lot in this he episode. He lies so much in this episode. So much. Almost like when he said, I don't lie. And Emma said, that's something a liar would say. She She was was right. right. (laughs) (laughs) R-I-G-H-T. Right. Ugh. Yeah. But so we just got to say, I mean, like the, the, I would say this is the A plot of the episode, Mm -hmm. um, which is my biggest problem with the episode is this cat and mouse game where Mr. Gold is following August, who's trying to get information about Mr. Gold. Who's who's in turn getting information about August. And it's... Uh, mm-hmm. Like, we see Mr. Gold break into August's room and find a very, very uh, clear sketch of the Darkwing Dagger. Yeah. Um, as yeah. a, as a, a long-time watcher of 
the WB slash CW television series. I was surprised by how well rendered it was. Like it couldn't look a little sketchy at least. Like it really just looked like a. It couldn't have looked like um, a, a photograph of the knife that they then put a Prisma filter over like the books. <laughs> I was thinking making it sketchier even like yeah. make it look like a hand drawn <laughs> image because it looked like August found the Rumpelstiltskin dagger on Yahoo Images and <laughs> and traced it. It looked like an AutoCAD drawing of the Rumpelstiltskin uh, dagger. Yeah, it like looked like something precise that, like, blueprint. Yeah, it looks like something that was sent to the prop master. Like, I need you to make this. Yeah, like, I, I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. He had not only drawn it three times to get it perfect, he had then inked it mm-hmm. um, and traced it and printed it out. It was in a, in a digital like, program. Maybe it's nitpicky. It probably is, but it was just really out of place for me. I think they wanted it to be detailed to prove that he had to have actually known about it somewhere in his real life. It just felt too convenient. It was a little too oh, well, precise. Was, he planted it there. He knew that Mr. Gold was going to go looking for it. Obviously. Ah, okay. He planted it there. He didn't hide it very well. It was under what? One sheet of paper and a mm-hmm. donkey. Uh, speaking of, um, weird inconsistencies let me climb up on my soapbox um i was raised catholic (laughs) and things that you tell a member of the clergy are supposed to be um confidential yep that's well she does attempt to say that but then he threatens to evict them he threatens to raise their rent yeah and she just like spills the whole thing i know the whole thing and I mean, there are some, t- there, I don't want to get into it too heavily because it's heavy content, mm-hmm. but man, I wish more um, members of the clergy were that uh, down to throw out like that kind of information, personal information. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to cut this whole tangent. I, <laughs> no, you make I, a valid I, point. You make a valid point. I'm just, uh, her arm was twisted yeah. barely. Yeah. Her I'm just like, was- wow. Like. You could be excommunicated for that, and uh, you just like spilled for rent. Okay, we've already we've already mentioned that these are secular nuns. Oh right, they're secular nuns. They're secular nuns. These are non-religious nuns. Ah uh, yes, they'll get um, slap on the hand. They'll get uh, yeah, glared at on Reddit. They just won't sell two more candles next year. That's all. <laughs> but it was just like very much. She's just like, okay, well, here's the thing, and the information she told him was so exactly what Rumpelstiltskin was looking to hear. Yep. And I don't think that August is that conniving. Really? Because I feel feel like he had that plan since he broke into the office. Like he knew what he was doing. He was planning the seed of doubt because he knows the stories. Because he's the author. I guess so. I don't know. It just, it felt the whole episode, maybe there's something that's not clicking for me. It's just another manipulation. It all felt so disjointed. It all felt like it was written where a lot of people were trying to be like very clever and manipulative, but the author or writers of the episode weren't clever enough to make it feel clever. Mm -hmm. Um, But they thought they were very clever. Anywho, Stephen Moffat. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I've had too much whiskey on a Sunday, (laughs) y'all. Sorry. (laughs) I'm drinking... I am drinking a fake champagne right now. How, how do I be? Fu- how does funny happen? You're you're doing fine. 
Where are the funny parts of this episode? Hey, ah! hey, hey, are you doubting my friend? Yes. You need to stop that. That's my friend. I mean, they're hot, but other they're than that. They're very hot. And they're also very clever and funny. And dang it, I love you. And, and that is what makes it all so sad. Sorry, I just clipped the page and that was a thing. That is what makes it all so sad. <laughs> I think, I think at the beginning of the episode when Regina was not sure why she was being double-crossed by Mr. Gold, and she looked at him and said, this doesn't make any sense. I felt that. Yeah. That spoke to me. (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk about that. (laughs) Can we talk about... Let's talk about that. Can we talk about how Regina intended for Mr. Gold to actually murder Catherine? Like, actually murder her. Yeah. This, this person she's been posing as the best friend of, she actually wanted that person dead. The person who we have seen other episodes of her having an emotional arc almost about. Yes. She actually wanted she Catherine ha- dead. She has, she has shown actual feelings for Catherine as a person. And now we're supposed to say, oh, she wanted her dead because we have to do this arc that we're also going to drop in this episode. Well, we have to remember that she only hesitated a little bit before she killed her own father. So she will do what it takes to exact her revenge on the person who was a child who she is holding this huge grudge against. A grudge that we have recently seen is misdirected. It's misdirected. Completely misdirected. I will once again <laughs> reiterate that season one Regina is a garbage person. Garbage person. Absolutely trash. Actual evil villain. Um, that said, I enjoy looking. I'm looking forward to talking with you, Elaine, about why women kill. I have watched it yet. It's on a network I don't get. Uh, I'll give you my Amazon password. Awesome. Well, I, yeah. Don't I'm order, not... don't order anything, but you Okay. Know. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Elaine, I'll give you my, my Amazon password so you can watch HBO Go and, uh, uh you, Paramount I have Plus. A, I have HBO already. All I ask is that you don't look at my wish lists. Don't. I'm going to watch it on the Roku. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to watch it on the television, please. got to watch it on TV. Uh Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I have HBO Max. We're fine. Uh, they don't give us money. So, they don't. None of these people give us money. So so I like that she, she, she's still mad at him because she straight up wanted her best friend murdered mm-hmm. by Mr. Gold. And he said, he said, well, you weren't specific enough. And she, the intent is meaningless. And he's like, the, she, she fights with him. She's like, no, intent is everything. And he's so frustrated please. that he uses please. Yes. I like the please callback. I um, like that we get that back in the, I feel like towards the end game of the season, we need that to come back. Yeah. I like the please. And that's when she goes into how all of this is going to obviously paper trail back to her. It's obvious that he is setting her up. Whose side are you on? I thought we were in this together. We've been in this together since the beginning. Why else would you have created the curse for me? And that's when he pulls a, uh, you're a smart woman, your majesty. Figure it out. It's, it's, it's really unrelated. And it's, uh, it's 
it it's there to set up that Mr. Gold is actually the big player here. Oh yeah. That Regina is the small bad. Yes, she is being manipulated just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um she's a a small bad who seems like a big bad, but really they just want to give her a redemption arc later. And the efficacy of that redemption arc is up for debate. Anywho, enough about Spike. <laughs> Spike's redemption arc did not work. I will die on that hill. I will die there with you, but at Thank least you. we'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Anywho, in, in my eyes. I we, we've said it before with this episode. Trigger warning: It's very hard to redeem someone who is raped and murdered. <laughs> Kills her own father, her own best friend. Wanted her own best friend. Uh, manipulated with magic a guy into sleeping with her, and then when he finally started to reject her, killed him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, so as you can see from a season one standpoint, a redemption arc to me is very difficult. I understand that it'll eventually happen. And I also understand that I eventually will find myself rooting for Regina. I know okay. that I know this about myself because I have watched this show. I think part of why I'm being so hard on this particular episode is since the last time we recorded, I did finish out the season. Mm-hmm. And as I have noted, I have been dealing with, um, I, I have chronic depression and some things in my life made it, a little more aggravated than normal. And I did sad binge almost all of season two. Oh my God. (laughs) You're going to be so confused next season. I'm going to be so confused, but I will say that they start very soon into the next season. Oh, they have to. Um, They have to. Because they they have to keep her as a mate. Yeah. And they have to keep her as a main cast member. They got renewed. She was a favorite because she's amazing. The actress is amazing. She steals every, almost every scene she's in. I say almost because there have been a couple times they've been stolen from her. Um, well, that was just, yeah. I think it's very safe to say that just like uh, just like Mr. Golden, a lot of ways, as reprehensible as her actions are, her character is fun to watch. Yes, her character is enjoyable to watch, and we love to see what she's going to do next. And. Um, it's a shame that this episode had her and Gold and everyone else spinning their wheels because we had to do 23 episodes this season and uh, we only wrote nine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Gold gets all this information about August. Yeah. And he goes to Dr. Hopper's door and knocks. Dr. Hopper is confused to see him and asks him if he's there to collect the rent. That is another joke that lands for me. Uh, yes, because why the, does everyone always ask me that? The mother superior had just like whenever he walked up on the porch, the first thing she said was, "Our rent's paid in full." <laughs> like she had nothing to say to him. And so, why does everyone always ask that? And so, yeah, Hopper is like, "Oh, oh, oh, Mr. Gold is being a person right now." Okay, what do, do you, I do? How do I do talk you to people? Talk. <laughs> yeah. So, so I I sent you a screen cap of of this part uh which not a screen cap because i was watching on my tv so i sent you a picture that i sent took on my phone of my television a son (laughs) no in which oh he's like well you know we we had we didn't leave on best terms and um you know his my son may still be very angry at me i'm the one who needs 
forgiving. And well, anger between a parent and a child is the most natural thing in the world. Well, I think he may be here to kill me. And then there's just like the O emoji. <laughs> His face, he's like, ah, right. Ah, that's not. That's heavy. <laughs> that's that's not the most natural thing in the world. Um, huh. But Hopper contains himself and advises him. Is like, well, the best you can do is tell him what you told me, and you know, be honest and go ask for forgiveness. There's really no other way. And so he does. Even though honesty is not a good look for him. No. Honesty is not a very good color on me. Yeah. Uh, He meets August at the cabin, randomly. uh, And does the whole, I know who you are and what you're looking for. Well, I guess all the lying can stop then, Papa. Papa. (gasps) Sorry, I couldn't. Once again, a line I will say, that is a trailer line. It was written, that was written specifically because they knew they were cutting to commercial. Yep. And, ugh. They do it again later. They They do it again later in the same, like, setting. Um, And Gold, you know, Gold does everything Dr. Hopper told him to. He admits he was wrong and he was a coward. He's been looking for Balefire ever since. And he asks August to do as he's always done and be the bigger man and forgive him. Like Both always. of these fine actors are doing the best they can with this material. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, August says, well, I thought that if you still had the knife, it, it would mean you hadn't changed. And so Rumpelstiltskin's like, well, let's go find it. And here is, I'm so proud of Luther. Luther caught this before I did. They start digging something up in the woods. You remember at the very beginning of the season, when Mr. Gold was randomly in the woods wearing an apron and a shovel. Uh, yeah, they called back to that. With they this called episode. back to that with this scene. He said that he buried it right after Emma came to town because uh, he, things started to go a little weird and mm-hmm. he didn't want Regina to find it. I did enjoy the, um, I'm going to read it as a Peter Pan reference on August's jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally noticed that his leather jacket has little stars all across the back oh and my brain went straight to a uh, second star to the right and straight on till morning oh that's cool yeah huh i mean i didn't notice that spoilers he's not peter pan no spoilers <laughs> no spoilers uh so but i thought that was a nice reference yeah i mean he's the author he knows those stories too so yeah it makes sense um, so they find it. Gold offers it to August and is like, here, take it. Destroy it like you've always wanted to. I'm done. I will never choose this over you again. Ever. I promise. And uh, that's when August takes the knife and points it at him and says some mumbo jumbo to try to control I the dark one. dark one. That. That. And that's whenever they cut to commercial with you're not Balefire. <laughs> Did you hear Willow fuss at me when, she, when I shouted? She doesn't. She's the dark one and she will not be commanded. That is how I keep my audio levels in check. Whenever I start to get too loud while Willow is sleeping here, she fusses at me. <laughs> you she are going like, to have to turn your track up because mine's louder than yours. <laughs> oh, I, I I adjust our tracks every time. Good. Um, I don't have my uh, monitor on. but So, so they, they come back from commercial break. 
and August is is still trying to like keep up. He's like, no, I'm obviously your son. This is I'm obviously still Balefire. What are you talking about, Papa? And and this is where Mr. Gold says, Balefire would know that that knife doesn't work without magic, and there's no magic in this world for it to harness. And right. immediately, without a struggle, pulls the knife back out of August's hand and like drops his cane and forces him against a tree. This old man is strong. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, he almost bludgeoned someone to death a few episodes ago. Like, pushes him against a tree, is holding him in place with a knife in his throat. Like, this old dude is wiry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it surprised me. Because then he picked up his cane and, like, limped off again. Um, so, August is dying anyway, right? And convincing Emma to believe is taking too long. So his next step to getting the magic back in this world would be to use a knife that needs magic to work to control Magic Man or something. I don't know. It didn't make sense. Sorry, I was yawning. No. I, that was my biggest question. What is your end game here, August? There was, he was going to die anyway, so he figured it was worth a shot. But it doesn't... It. Ugh. But what what was the what was worth the shot? What were you gonna do? Yeah. Undo the curse, Dark One. Like what was yeah. he gonna do? Yeah. What's in, how? No, that's not how. <sighs> what, what were you gonna do? And he straight up calls Emma the savior. So I guess Rumpelstiltskin already knows that about Emma because Regina still doesn't. Is this the first time she's been explicitly referred to as the savior? That's what I'm trying to remember. I feel like it's the first time someone said that that wasn't Henry. Yeah. Because I think Henry and August have talked about it. Fair. Because I'm trying to think. I can't recall her being called that beforehand. I feel like Henry and August have talked about it because he's earned Henry's trust because he believes in the stories. And Emma is my savior. That's why Hmm. I wear this bracelet. It says, what would Emma do? Um, and depending on the episode, that varies wildly. <laughs> Sometimes it's very, very good. Sometimes it's not. Uh, yeah. And so Mr. Gold, like he just says the savior. He doesn't even say Emma. He says the savior and that woman. Mm-hmm. And, and Mr. Gold immediately knows who he's talking about. So I assume he's kept track. But then again, we've already sort of been through this. Uh, oh, yeah. With Mr. Regina asking him how of all people did she end up in town? Oh yeah. I feel very safe saying Mr. Gold knows exactly who she is. Yeah. And why she's there. And knows who Henry is. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into that later. We go into the adoption process in another season, don't we? In a few episodes, it's going to be very clear that so does, um, so does Regina somehow. No, she's not supposed to know. That's the whole point. And yet, give it two episodes. Though, they, she's already... Ugh. I just watched it. I just I'm watched it. so mad. It just comes out of nowhere. She's just like, oh, well, she... And I'm like, how? How did you know? We'll get there. We'll I'm get there. So we have mad. enough in this episode. Um, no, so think- I'm mad now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that make me mad, the camera angles for the whole scene with Emma and Catherine in the hospital. Oh, I didn't finish. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm almost done with this scene. I'm almost done with this scene. It's like two more lines. And it's, um, he, he lets, he lets August go. 
because he's going to die anyway. But he might as well continue to try to convince Emma to believe because that's going to benefit him in the long run, too. Fair. Other, either way, he's dying, right? So Yes. Might as well not kill him now. So look, Mr. Gold decided not to do a murder. Good for him. That's a big step for him. That's two not murders in this whole this whole episode. Out of all the other murders he did. <laughs> I'm not even laughing at that. I'm sorry. What is going on? I um, thought that was funny for a second, but Mads is laughing at something else entirely. Okay, you were funny, but while we were looking this up, I wanted to remind myself of what um, Catherine Nolan's actress's name was. Yes. So I looked her up. And I pulled up the Once Upon a Time wiki, mm-hmm. which has her as Anastasia Griffith, which on the Once Upon a Time wiki, she has her own page. Mm-hmm. I would like to read to you the entirety of Anastasia Griffith's oh, no. Once Upon a Time wiki page. Okay. She is an actor. Uh, In all lowercase. Mm-hmm. And it just cracked me up. Oh, this poor woman. She's so good. She's, she's so, so good. good at what she does. She's so good. And I yeah. wanted to make sure that I named her because she deserves credit for everything she does for this show. She's a good actress. We like her a lot. And I go to her page and it's... She's an she actor. She is an actor. <laughs> Ouch. Someone, someone was a, a Snow White charming stan and didn't like that she was there. I'm That's sorry. all I can figure. All right, so I'm done with that. Let's go back to um, Emma and Catherine in the hospital. Ah, uh, you fixing the wiki? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we have uh, Catherine, and we have Catherine Nolan, as played by Anastasia Griffith, an actor, <laughs> an actor in the hospital, with camera angles that are designed to show us all the way up her nose into her brain. Right? It's like... Luckily, she's very pretty, so even that angle's not terrible on her. I have watched a lot of medical dramas, and there are angles where you can show someone in a hospital bed and not see up their entire nose. (laughs) Emma should know. She's been in a few. Yeah, <laughs> she's not directing the camera though. But I'm just like, this is this is rude. This is so rude. It's misogynistic. Yeah, this is the worst thing yeah. the white women have dealt with in ages. Oh God! <laughs> with this show, I'm getting canceled now. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, don't be but... racist against white women. Oh, I'm getting canceled now. <laughs> we it's need okay, to talk about see- how. Rich people have it hard. No, they don't. They li- no, no, that's they don't. Why, that's what. No, okay, but yeah, pay a we, bill. We, uh, so. we get nothing. Catherine gives Emma nothing, and I feel bad for her. But at the same time, she's on screen. I love this actress, so I'm just like, yes, Queen, give us nothing. Yeah, they have to figure out who fudged the DNA results to frame Mary Margaret. There's a good cut here where Catherine's like, oh my god. Who would do something like that? And it immediately cuts to Regina. They do that gag so much on the show, That's and I love favorite. it every time. I every love it time. Every time. <laughs> Who could possibly do that? It's been Regina all along. It was Regina all along. <laughs> uh, 
I'm still so mad. She's not supposed to know him as the savior. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what else do we have for this episode? Oh, uh, Mary Margaret and David have some angst. Yeah, yeah. They have some angst, and Mary Margaret tries to break up with him again. Um, <laughs> so he's like, apologize. Oh, no, wait. This is really good. Hold on. There's some good lines here. And she, he's like, please, Mary Margaret, we need to talk. She's like, okay, so talk. And she keeps walking. He's like, I need to apologize. She goes, yes, you do. Keep going. <laughs> and he dumbly tries to defend himself because he's human. And he fell for the setup. And that's what humans do. But we need to move forward. But we can't. Ugh. It's like something in this world doesn't want us together. What? Like dark forces? Maybe. I don't know. God, I can't wait till season two when David grows a personality. Oh, when, well, he becomes uncursed and he gets his like self back. Yeah. Um, and he, she, she's like, look, I know you're sorry. I know you're sorry. And he's like, I, I love you. And that, that's, that's when she says that line. And that is what makes this all so sad. And <sighs> Jennifer Goodwin can deliver a line. She's so good. Emotion. She's so good. I love her so much. It's horrible that they put her in so many scenes where she has to do the same exact thing. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. How many times has she tried to break up with this dude? Ugh. But they're meant to be. They are meant to be. And, and they that's are. The curse. That's the part of their curse. I get it. I'm harping to myself at this point. But it makes me so mad. It's... We had a whole episode that shouldn't have existed where she broke up with him. And then the next episode, she broke up with him again. And <laughs> No, I've got to give Emma best friend props. Mm-hmm. Emma is oh. a better friend than I probably have ever been in my life. Would you because... let David into my welcome home party? God, no. Okay, good. But I don't think I would handle it that smooth. Like, mm-hmm. it's obviously a party. And she goes, Mary Margaret's really tired. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I was like, yes. And then yeah. he keeps going. And she's just like, Oh, Henry, David will walk you home. Yes, I loved that part. Oh, and Henry just, was just like, yep, yes, I will. Yes, we will. Let's go, David. <laughs> Let's so, go, Mr. Nolan. So good, so good. That was, like I said, that was, those were my favorite scenes. Yeah. The, it, it felt like um, if you've seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> Mary Margaret is in the background literally jumping out the window. You just missed her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what an awkward party that must have been. Oh god. That must have been the most awkward party. God, I would have loved an entire episode of that awkward ass party. Just everyone interacting at that awkward party. There's an episode of um I'm How so I Met glad- Your Mother. There's an episode of How I Met Your Mother where they're just looking at the same like 15 minutes of a party, hour of a party from different people's perspectives in different rooms of the house. And it's just how everything went wrong. And I want that for this party. Yeah. That would have been a much better episode. That would have been a much (laughs) better episode. (laughs) Ah. Mr. Gold was also there just lurking in in the shadows of their house. Yeah, like... And she see Emma seems surprised that he's there. She's just like, "Oh, hi!" And I'm like, "Yeah, when did when did he get in?" He just let himself into the party. <laughs> he just let himself in. And remember at the very beginning of the season when uh, Emma asked uh, when when Henry admitted that he didn't know who Rumpelstilt not Rumpel that Mr. Gold was Rumpelstiltskin. 
I don't know who that is. I'm still trying to figure it out. Is he still like that? Or have we just thrown that out the window too? Like the whole Regina not knowing who the savior is. Damn it. I'm so mad. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. Uh! <laughs> Any I know that I know that Henry says don't trust him and don't make a deal with him. And I was mad when that happened too. So anyway, let's, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go. So I think it's our last like point of this episode, which is is the Sydney thing, the Sydney thing. I really enjoyed Emma confronting Sydney. However, why is that microphone no longer in an evidence bag? Because she's not going to press charges. (sighs) Yep. You collected that as evidence. She wants- that could be relevant in the immediate future. Yes. You're going to Sydney to let him know you have this evidence. Yes. So why is it no longer in an evidence bag? Because she trusted him to do the right thing, which was dumb. Oh, so she's holding the idiot, the, uh, idiot ball still. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still holding the idiot ball. Absolutely. Absolutely. She wants to believe the best in him. Oh, but then she stops believing the best in him and probably regrets her decision not to keep this in a uh, an evidence bag when she realizes he's in love with Regina. Like, she's clearly grossed out, which... Um, she's I'd... an amazing woman. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Are you in love with her? Oh. Yeah. That, that She kills people. She, she kills people. Come on yeah cut to later in the episode where he is confessing to doing all of the crime all the crimes including Um, stealing regina's skeleton keys from her office and planting one in the cell hey weird question that nobody is asking yeah why does the mayor have skeleton keys to every place in the town yeah because because Emma's already used these skeleton keys to unlock her own apartment. That's a pretty significant question to be asking. Yes. Why um, does she have these? <laughs> That's not a normal mayor thing. That's not a normal thing. If if our if our terrible mayor president had a key to my house, oh, I'd be setting up some uh, some home alone traps. There'd be some home alone traps in this house right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would. That is not acceptable. <laughs> and I've lived in small towns too. Me too. I've read the sign on Storybrooke if, and if, uh, I was in a smaller town and our mayor did not have keys to yeah. everybody's house. Yeah, Jimbo Jimbo didn't have keys to our houses. He had enough to deal with. What the hell? I like that my mayor's name was Jimbo. That's, God, we're in the South. <laughs> our mayor lost an election because he moved out uh, he divorced his wife um, and divorce is terrible and you should never talk about it in small towns, especially conservative oh, ones. Oh, no. Um, because she was cheating on him with the youth. Oh. Oh. Small towns. Oh. Small towns are so good for drama. My town was bigger than yours. We didn't have that. 
He was also the captain of the fire department, which was all volunteer because small towns. The worst heartbreak we endured as middle schoolers was our favorite science Mm -hmm. teacher was engaged to one of the coaches. And the day, one day she had to come in and tell us their engagement was off and she ran out of the room crying and we all just sat there in stunned shock and silence. I should be laughing at this. Like we were... We we held a grudge against that coach for the rest of the year. Oh my god! <laughs> he broke her heart, and we could we could not tolerate it. This this makes me very nervous because lately I've been considering, um, depending on my work situation, uh, picking up a job substitute teaching because I have the background to do oh, it. Man. And I'm just like, oh, but I know what you do to substitute teaching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, back to story, real quick. Back to story. All right, so so Sydney not only confesses to all this stuff, he also has the proof to convict himself about it um, because he wanted to be play big damn hero uh, and recover Catherine after the court case. I guess you know, let's see. Yeah, so he could reveal that she was alive the whole time and the whole he could, thing. He could be a hero about it. Just find her, and that would also, I guess, exonerate Mary Margaret. But she left town by then, and no one would be able to find her. Right? That's how that happens. Right? Um, what? And and Emma's like, I don't buy any of this. And Regina's like, how dare you be so set in your own ways and ideas? Oh my God, you're not good at your job. Oh, well, which is true. Um, but uh, so she calls Regina out into the hallway and here's where I was already upset with this episode. And then it ended on a note that just made me angry both times I watched it, um, where she's like, all right. Cool. She makes some chess analogy that I didn't understand. She's going to play a whole different game now. You tried to take someone away from me, Mary Margaret. So you better watch your back and leave Henry alone. Because I'm going to take him away from you. Mother of the year. I'm going to weaponize this child. Uh, Again. (laughs) And it made me mad. I definitely wrote gross end. And I wrote that into the the basic plot today. Because it made me so mad. (laughs) <laughs> it uh it's upsetting and i will say bright side of that is that at least she becomes aware of it later but yeah yeah, yeah. um so i hope my science teachers like <laughs> um how many disjointed plots out of five would you give this episode? oh man i am still struggling with this one because it's not the worst episode of the whole season. I give it a solid two. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 around a two. Yeah, it's a it's about a two. Um, I was I was thinking three because I like the Balefire backstory in general, but okay, I'm gonna be generous. I'm gonna be generous today because I don't give half points. I'm gonna go ahead and round it up to a three because I did. I, Jennifer Goodwin scenes were so good. Um, Both of them. The, the children's the children's card to her was so good um, that um, we're so glad you didn't kill Ms. Nolan puts this up to a three disjointed plots points out of five for me. Yeah, they put it up to a two for me. I did yeah. not like this episode. That's fair. That's fair. I could, I'm allowed to be a little more generous than you <laughs> on this because I mean, I'm more easily entertained. I am always uh, entertained by the hit MMO from Square. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. You are. I'm not going to do it. Um, That's why I signed up for the next month. 
it's just it this episode just felt like housekeeping it it could have been better the whole episode felt like we needed to tie some things up really quickly and get them out of the way and set up our our final few episodes They're like, for oh, this snap. season We're almost maybe we'll get season. picked up for another one we are almost done with the season which is kind of exciting and i'm really excited to get to season yeah, because um, I really deeply enjoy season two. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of a lot of things change by season two, and I'm excited for that. Yes. Um, how are, how are you putting it? Yesterday, it was like you know, season one. Season one is where you get hooked. Season two is so good. Season three is so good, and season, season four is a season. Okay. A season. Um, and then it ends. It's so weird. Um, I will say, very very non real spoilers for season two. The production quality gets visibly better oh yeah oh yeah they get a budget like i was uh i was i I lost my mind jumping between the seasons (laughs) where i was like wow they have dramatically increased the budget for this show in one one off season like wow yeah we get good for them we get a dragon soon don't we uh we do finish the season off with a dragon oh that's this season okay okay. Uh uh-huh okay okay I i thought i remembered a dragon yes you did uh oh i want to make a point i was reading um something that was retweeted on um twitter today and it was a thread uh that was called delusional and i can't remember who did the thread and i feel very bad about this but uh it was someone's thread on um how obvious the shipping the writers the writer shipping of swan queen is throughout the whole season (laughs) and they're not wrong they're not wrong. And I explained it to my husband. I was like, what I think had happened for this was that these very straight writers were trying to portray the importance of um, platonic friendship love being as strong as romantic love, which is a very good point uh, because I consider you to be just as important to me as my husband. And we have a platonic love, right? Right. Uh, that's very important. That's a big part of who I am. My love for you is a big part of who I am. And it's very important to us. Uh, good point to make. Unfortunately, they did not run it by any gay people. <laughs> it does not read that way on the show. It is it, very much. I'm like, oh, these women bye. They did not run this friendship by any gay people to see if there was anything in there that might be a little romantic. Uh and a you lot know what? of it is very romantic and sexy. And you know what? Maybe if they had had uh, a gay character on the show. Yeah. Before season whatever, when they finally. Oh, I guess we should put a gay character in here. And then, I mean, she's she's a bi character, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have a gay character and a character, but yeah. still. But yeah, if they just had maybe said, you know what? We're going to do this sooner maybe there wouldn't be so many queer people reading gay subtext and because we are so thirsty for a good love story. Yeah. Where, you know, one half of it doesn't die immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Eyes got real big on that one. Uh, So that's my, that's my thoughts on, on I, I, I am, I am a, I see, I see Swan Queen and they're not wrong. Swan Queen is obviously they should have gotten married and raised Henry together. Um, but it's it reads very much as this is straight people trying to write a platonic friendship between two hot women. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who obviously have great chemistry together. 
And and they're trying to mirror and some this this thread also made a great point. God, I'm gonna have to see who that is. I'm gonna have to credit them later and retweet him. You know who um, we need to we need to get into this show is uh our dear friend Ember. Yeah. Who sees lesbians everywhere. <laughs> Fair. Ah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna find this thread that I'm talking about. I'm gonna retweet it on the um on our page because it was it made some good valid points. Uh there are a lot of mirrors between Emma and Regina's storyline and words to themselves and Snow White and Charming. Huh. I would like to read that thread. Yeah, I'm going to find it and send it to you. It's very good. I don't know if I should schedule it for when this, I should probably schedule it as a retweet for when this comes out because it's very good. (laughs) And it's like, this is what the people who don't believe in this ship called delusional. And it's like, I was like, yeah, that's valid. Oh yeah. That's all very good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, that that's my thought. On that. I, I love how uh, at the end of the day, we're as inconsistent as the writers of this show because Regina is a bad person in this season who She's deserves so to be punished. So bad. But also she should marry Emma. Like if, <laughs> look, if Emma's going to save her anyway, she might as well save her and marry her, right? She should save her in season one and She's not the, seven. Whose savior is she? There we go. There we go. Who's saving who? <laughs> Uh, I think that's all I have. I think, yeah. Um, so if you like the episode, please share it, uh, retweet us, tell your friends about us, tag us in things that you think we would like at Storybrooke Pod. We are always loving and looking forward to hearing from all of you yes. and knowing that you love the show. Um, wish Lanebow here some luck. Yay. As of today, I have four weeks till my due date. And we are going to get the season finished recording before then. Yes, we are. We are going to do this. We're going to do it. I promise. Because if we don't do it. It will be, it'll be a minute. Yeah. Um, So we'll get the season recorded before, uh, before your due date. Yeah. So we, we got, if you, if you're the type of person who likes to send good vibes towards things, uh, send me, send Marshmallow, who is, uh, the child sitting sideways in my belly. Uh, send them good, good vibes to flip head down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need right now. I need some head down vibes for this. Hashtag do a cartwheel. <laughs> Not a full cartwheel. Just stand on your head. <laughs> I feel like I have a foot in my rib, so we might be getting close. But I also know that this child is a contortionist right now, so I can't. I can't tell. <laughs> Fair. All right. All right. Uh, so uh, thank you so much. This has been Storybroke. Miserably ever after. Bye. Bye.